Hello, Sobertown. Welcome to the wonderful, amazing world of sobriety. Let's get on that sober train and ride. I'm here today with our very own Shiki. And I'm here today with our very own This Missus. We are bringing you a special edition episode together about drinking and partners. Yes. Or not just partners, but partners that still drink. Yeah. Yeah. Especially. Yes. So we in our sobriety um, find it a pertinent topic to just discuss what it's like when you're sober and your partner is still a drinker. Why? Who? Who are we? Why? Why should we even? Why should? Why should they even listen to this? Well, I think for me, when I was quitting drinking or thinking about quitting drinking, I, I've got to say that the thing that held me back probably for a good four or five years, the fear of not drinking with my partner again, uh, with Natalie. Um, I'll give you a background for me and Natalie. I'm uh, ready for it. Yeah. Okay. So she was 18 when I met. I was 20. Um, so we spent the 90s pretty much just getting off our face um, mm-hmm. on the London dancing. Uh, we were like sort of the old, the old school ravers. Um, we married in 98. And then we sort of left that scene behind. So we left all that all that kind of party scene, the drug scene behind in the 90s. And then she continued as we was the last sort of, you know, 22 years, just being kind of party people. Both we, yeah. That was the attraction with Natalie because she's such a party girl. Um, and we've both done that kind of same kind of thing. Um, we was, you know, if I can go and sit in a pub all afternoon with anybody, it'd be Natalie, you know, because we just go in there all afternoon and we sort of we bounce off each other, we'd have fun, we'd drink, etc. Okay, sometimes it turns out arguments. I know looking at it now, um, yeah. but then just the whole thing socialising, and you know, it was always, you know, we had our own lives. She had her friends, I've got my friends. But when we come together, we have pretty much done everything other than drinking. We're indoors drinking. Or going out drinking out for a meal, we're always involved with me and her drinking or going away for weekends, um, all the time, holidays. Um, so yeah. for me, the thought of giving up drinking and my partner still drinking without me, yeah, whilst I wasn't mind blowing. That I'd say that probably held me back from drinking for three to four years. I, absolutely, I, I absolutely, what, and you felt like you were your... leaving her behind. So, yeah, we're having this conversation because um, Shiki and I have talked. My husband's a brewmaster. He brews beer for a living. He goes to a pub every day. He made a rule that he only drinks at work while he's working. That's what he says when he wants to cut down on his drinking. And so, like, alcohol is a huge part of, like, our life. You know, when we met, he was a brewmaster. We went to this big, bad brewery in California, and we... I mean, we were going to beer festivals all over the state. I, it's just, we're always take people are sending us these like eclectic special edition beers, you know? I mean, it's just, well, it's yeah. all we, it's all we did. It's what we, it's what we did. And I was absolutely like afraid of how my relationship would change when we quit. And so when I quit and so Shiki and I both kind of have this conversation a couple of times because it's like, we both live with partners who aren't really planning on quitting drinking anytime soon and they're not necessarily what you'd describe as like a light drinker i don't know about you you know what i mean it's like so and this is like i think a really important topic to like our sobriety and also to your marriage so this is a this is a conversation that we're having because we um we're always working on like finding solidarity in our sobriety and 
of course, like strengthening our relationship at home, our marriage is, is important. And, um, just kind of looking for new perspectives. Yeah. I mean, it, it takes a long time, um, to get your head around it. I mean, it, the early days, I just couldn't work out at all. And I asked everybody, I asked people on the IAS community where we all met. Yeah. Um, I asked some people in my real life that I know that are AA and they're sort of working the sets. I asked for advice on other people. And I just, you know, I couldn't get any answers. I yeah. couldn't get, and it's not just that, it's just everyone I spoke to as well was going through a similar kind of thing, whether they're male or female, their partner is still drinking without them. And no one really had any answers. We all sort of maybe sat and talked and, you know, discussed about our partners, but none of us had any solutions. None of us had any answers. Everyone yep. seemed to be in the same boat that I spoke to. And, well, and everybody's right. like, it's not your problem. It's not your place. Like, leave it be. But it's like, yeah, but it's like on the daily. Like, first of all, I'm trying to stay out of the liquor cabinet myself. And yeah. then there's these other things that come up when you're dealing with someone who's inebriated. And it's mm. like, how do I... What what were the things that you were asking about? Like, what was your number one concern that you wanted to solve? Well, I wanted to solve. It's just really just trying to be a couple with, without the drink, just trying to have any kind of moment together. I mean, I, I thought that I was going to miss the intimate conversations, you know, when we sort of been together, whether we were either indoors drinking or out together at a meal, those sort of little conversations that you go a little bit deeper when you're drinking. When you're not drinking, the conversations don't really happen so much. And I thought I was going to miss the silly conversations, the deep conversations, the silly laughs, the silly jokes, because yeah. you're on the same level. I had the biggest fear, really, of not being on the same level as my wife, Natalie, because um, when they start drinking, they go to a different world for the next few hours and leave us in the real world. And I didn't think we were going to be able to connect. And that was my biggest fear. Connection. I just couldn't work out how they could ever possibly have a relationship where my wife's getting drunk uh, and I'm not. And I'm not yep. joining those conversations. Now I'm going to ask it, you, can, can it be done? It, it, yeah, 100%. It took yeah. me, listen, yeah. it took me nine months. It took me nine months of searching um, for the answers and asking the questions. And you helped me massively with the help. Um, you gave me around an eight to nine months mark when I slipped last time. But it, yeah. it, it can be done. It can be done. So this is what we're here to yeah. do. Yep. To tell you our little tips, what we totally. picked up. Because every little bit helps. Because if I had someone telling me or giving me their tips and advice when I first quit, it's, just, you know, it's actually it'd be like gold, you know. So Yeah, it is. Yeah, we've got little tips. Because it's, a, little it's tips. a big thing in the marriage. And so these are our objectives. This is, this is hopefully what you'll get out of this. Hopefully a new perspective on a marriage where one person is sober and the other person is drinking. And this is, I think, a unique perspective because, of course, so I'm a female. He's a male. He has a wife that drinks. I have a husband that drinks. And so hopefully whoever you are, you can kind of get a perspective, you know, from, from both of us to apply to your life. Hopefully there's some tips and tricks in here that you can use. And hopefully at the end of this, you'll be able to find solidarity in your sobriety and in your relationship. So without further ado, um, let's see, we kind of talked about our relationship backgrounds. I mean, yeah. Todd and I were both drink. We're just both big drinkers. We love drinking. I used to throw a huge Easter party every year in my yard. I mean, it was like a two case of champagne thing, rented tables, <laughs> rented tents, and it was just bananas, you know? And like, there was a fucking case of champagne at my baby's one year old birthday. Like, yeah, <laughs> seriously. Yeah. And like, I have every a keg 
out in the garage right now. Like there's always beer on tap in my house at all times. So that's to me, that was like when I went, when I decided to get sober, I had to really mean it because there wasn't anybody going, don't worry, babe, I'll quit drinking with you. And for solidarity, it was like, I had to really want it for myself. Like, did you tell him he was quitting? I didn't. I didn't. I kind of quit behind his back. Yeah. I kind of quit sort of to spite him, which I think was helpful. I don't know if my, what my marriage counselor would say, if that's like a healthy thing to do, but, um, whatever. Here's the thing I want to say before we dig into these little bits. Sometimes it's hard to be a sober person in a marriage where someone is drinking, where someone prioritizes drinking, where someone has to serve their demon. But I always come back to, and I will, I will die on this ground that the marriage is inevitably healthier and better with one person sober. Yep. Yep. Because you think, oh, we're on the same level if we're both drinking, but you're two crabs in a bucket. No one's going anywhere. And at least if there's one person who's got a vantage on reality and um, just uh, who's got a hold of their emotions, who's got a clear perspective on the argument, what led up to it, what, what happened. I think that even though it's hard kind of on the daily, the relationship is healthier with one person. Well, you've jumped into arguments there straight away, so I might as well carry yeah. on with that one. No, okay, I won't. We... No, I won't. <laughs> well, it's like we put them in order of like, what's, do you think there's any one? Okay, let's just go to arguments. Oh, I guess. No, you're the boss. You've got the list. Go go with the list. Go with the list. I just like to go down the list. So Go for it. You said guilt. We started off with guilt. Did we get it covered? Yes, guilt. Yes. Let's talk about yes. guilt. Guilt, yes. So that, that for me... So when I first quit, so I went through like the first couple of weeks. It wasn't going out because it was lockdown. So, but we used to both drink indoors anyways of a weekend. Yeah. That's the only drink the weekend, by which is Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Regular clockwork, and she binge drinks. She gets when we're going out or staying in, she will get drunk. Okay, and the good thing is she doesn't listen to Sober Town, so I can slag her right off. Now, so it's okay, <laughs> right? <laughs> so she she'll sometimes on a Friday she'll get shit faced on a Friday night. She doesn't work Saturdays. I do. Um, but when I first started, when I first quit those first couple of weeks, you know, I didn't actually tell her I was quitting. We argued the week before, so I said, "Right, I've just got to quit to myself." You know, yep, me too. Um, and Same. there's me white knuckling, climbing the ceilings, you know, not yep. knowing what to do with myself at all. But as the sort of first couple of weeks passed, my my first thoughts was guilt. I felt guilty um, for leaving her. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, exactly. She was going to be drinking on her own. And I felt more pressure to drink to be with her. Yeah. So she doesn't, so I, felt, I didn't want her to go on drinking on herself and go into her own little world on her own. And me sitting there with a cup of tea, a cup of coffee, feeling like Mr. Boring and her thinking, like, look at Mr. Boring over there. He's no longer having that laughy chat with me. He's not normally doing these silly things. Yeah. So I felt guilt. I felt guilt about, about her carrying on and spoiling her fun. And if anything would have made me drink, in those early days, it would have been to join her. Yeah. It wouldn't have been because maybe I didn't particularly, I particularly wanted to, although I did, but I think I would have drank in those early days to join her to relieve the guilt I was feeling for her being on her own. I felt like it was driving a wedge between the relationship by us not being on the same level anymore. So, yeah, guilt. That was That's a Have tricky one because mine is, I mean, maybe it's because you're a man and she's a woman and you feel like keep her from being uncomfortable. But for mine, it was just like, it was kind of a middle finger. It was like, ah, you. <laughs> you're on your own now. 
you're going to be, I'm going to leave you in the dust and I'm going to be with reality and I'm going to be lucid and happy and healthy and I'm going to be sunshiny and you can, you can, you can have your anger. And so I, I feel like that's one of the completely different. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't at all worried about him uh, being able to have fun enough drinking on his own. (laughs) He's, he's, he can do that all he wants. So, but you felt guilty and it like kind of kept you from quitting for years Yes. Because you're worried that it would erode at the one of the foundations of your relationship. That's why and how we, we, we met in a nightclub, you know, and we just, everything we ever done together, it always just evolved around drinking, the whole yep. thing. Um, everything. Uh, I just couldn't, you know, and I felt guilty because it is, although it's me making the sacrifices, I'm changing my life, changing myself and getting myself together. It's also really, it's changing, it's a big change in life for her as well. Totally. And that is a, it's a massive life change for Natalie. Um, I mean, over time, now she doesn't actually give a shit. She's fine. She drinks as much yeah. as she wants. Yeah, um, totally. But the, the early days, is a big, it was a big life-changing um, decision for both of us. Um, yeah. And I didn't tell her in either, so I just went ahead and done it. So we didn't really talk about it at all in the start because we wasn't really talking that well at the, at the beginning because we'd been arguing previously. Um, yeah, because you're about drinking. You know, 100%. 100%. Yeah, so exactly you right. talked about how like you were kind of worried that she'd be uncomfortable. And I talked about how like I didn't really care how he felt. But I do think that both of those kind of meet in the middle um, with I think maybe the most golden piece of advice in this is to put yourself in their shoes. Because yes. even yes. though you felt really worried about leaving her in the dust, you still got sober. OK. And even though I didn't really care how or where or when, how much fun he was going to be able to have drinking without me. I did have to kind of come back to the middle and I think it's really important to like put yourself in there. That is actually one of the tips. That's tip number one. Really. That is one of the tips. Yeah. Um, always put yourself into their shoes um, before you open your mouth and sort of snap back at something they've said, just have a little think first about what you're about to say, because they're going to be, they're not always, they're not, they're not thinking in the, in the same manner as what you are. You got to think of what? How would I react if someone said that to me when I was drinking? Because you know, I fly off the handle. I might snap, or I might be a bit narky, or something like that. So you got to yeah. think what they're going for as well. Put yourself into their shoes, and then they're, they're not always thinking that straight, are they? Let's face it. No. You got to try and here's and remember some nightmare if- material for you, ladies and gentlemen. This will keep you up at night. Imagine if you dare, if you <laughs> were the one drink and your partner. Oh, don't, don't. That's the fucking most horrifying thing I could think of because as hard as this is being the sober one that's the thing that really spins me and to me i try that's what i try to think about whenever he's kind of acting like Mm. we went out to dinner the other night and he just kind of got a little buzz and i was kind of annoyed but i was like we're having fun at this loud mexican restaurant with the kids we're kind of like being celebratory like that would suck if somebody was just like the square just like kiboshing every single thing you know i mean if you if the um if the, the boot was on the other foot and yeah she quit and i carried on drinking as you just said that would absolutely scare the shit out of me that would just be that would blow my mind I, i'd much rather quit drinking um and her carry on than for her to quit and me to carry on drinking because I, I, that would just blow me. I'd be like, what, what do I do now? Because I would then be feeling exactly how I thought she may feel. I'd be on my own completely. 
I've been oh, judged and I couldn't carry on. Yes, yeah, so I'm glad. So much shame, so much guilt. You'd be the fuck wow, up, yes. the only fuck up left, the addict, the loser, the one that's that <sighs> has to be taken care of. Yeah. That's Massively. nightmare material. That'll keep you up it at is, night. It is hundred percent. I'm so glad it's this way around. Yeah, which um, which yeah. I think that that alone will bring you out of almost any funk in any situation. I mean. And he could be like barfing on my most expensive shoes. And I'd go, if that were me, <laughs> you know, and you go, let me get you a nice warm. Let's yeah, get you, you in the shower. That, yeah. You know what they're going through that. Yeah. I mean, there's been times even now, like, we come home from like um, a function or a party or something. And then she's just, she's just sprawled out on the city. You know, he's sort of like, come on, babe, let's, let's go. Come on, let's get your shoes off. Yeah. Let's get, let's get, it's sort of, you know, starting to try to undress and get into bed, you know, so, but that's, Putting yourself into their, into their shoes, that's gone past that. That's when they're yes. sort of completely intoxicated. Yeah. Um, but it's like yeah. you, you, um, you're helping her, you're being loving and you're taking care of her because they already have a ton of shame. We all, if you're listening to this, it's because you got sober because you were overcome with guilt and shame and just fucking living in your very own bag of bones. And so, for someone else to kind of be shaming you and guilting you, it's not helpful. It doesn't make you quit more. So if someone's giving you compassion and love, and it makes you look at yourself with love, the amount of love that it takes to make a difficult change like quitting drinking. Exactly. I mean, it's not going to be often that they could be in such a situation where they're puking on your best dress or your shoes or things mm-hmm. were sprawled out before. But when those times do come, you can't, you know, you still got to be there to come, but you still got to sort them out. You can't just sort of, and you can't just say, right, that's it. I'm going to bed. You're drunk. Let us state it. You can't just you know, yeah. leave them there because that, that's just, again, that's driving a wedge. You know, it's so, just not loving and yeah, it's driving a wedge. hundred percent. You've got, you got to put yourself in, in their, in their shoes. Cause we've all been there. Let's face it. We, we've all been, if anyone can understand what they're going through or what they're feeling or how they're thinking or that, you know, it's us. We know yeah. what, it was going through their mind so we can't just leave them in any mm-hmm. kind of state we've got to take care of them really you um, do yeah I was, and yeah, i don't i wouldn't say that if you were kind and loving i don't think it's encouraging their drinking or anything like that because here's the thing they're not gonna quit because of you and they're not gonna drink more you know because you're kind and compassionate when they are drunk like i i just i can't see how it could be better. No, hundred percent. I mean, and that comes down to like the rule number one, which is like, you know, don't criticize their drinking. Don't, yeah. don't criticize. Let's go there. Um, Let's go there. Go on, go on to it. That is the one. Yeah, for me, that that is rule number one. So, over town listeners, this is the rule number one. Do not mm-hmm. criticize uh, their drinking at all. I mean, I've mm-hmm. learned. I've learned this. I mean, we we you know, we hardly ever argue at all. I mean, my relationship now is pretty much the best it's been in twenty seven years that we've been together. Oh my God, um, wait, let's take a moment to, let's take a moment of silence to just commemorate that because I would also agree in my relationship that my relationship now is the best it's ever been, ever, yeah. ever. Mm-hmm. And why, do you, and it's because, because why? Why do you think? Because there's no little arguments now. The arguments have gone, the bickering has gone, the morning after, that kind of thing. What, what I was going to say, go on to say there is that we've only really argued a couple of times in the last, um, in like, well, I've been 14 months, the last 14 months. And those times have been because I've criticized her drinking. Mm. Uh, I've brought that and stuff. So go, we go back on to that a second about why our relationship is so good now. But what I'm saying about yeah. rule number one of criticizing, don't, don't criticize her drinking. We've only had a couple of arguments. And the arguments we have had is when I've criticized her drinking. 
And I remember in the early days, people like would always say to me, like chef, say like, keep your side of the path clean. You know, don't worry about other, what other people are doing. Just concentrate on yourself. People always said that to me at the beginning. Um, and you know, we, we say that now to other people. Just concentrate on yourself. Keep your side of the path clean. And it, it is so true um, because it's the moment you start criticizing other people's drinking, especially your partner's drinking. That's it. Bang. You know what I mean? That is, it's not your place. Especially when they're drinking as well. If they're drinking and you criticize their drinking, then their head's going to go in a different kind of direction. If they're sober, you might get half a chance to get a conversation out of them. Yeah. But straight, if they're drinking, their defense is going to go straight up. Mm-hmm. They're going to go straight on the defensive, and that's it. And it's caused arguments with us you know, twice in the past. I've learned my lesson. Um, so you know, the rule is don't don't criticize. Let them figure their own shit. I mean, you told me that. Just mm-hmm. let them figure their own shit out. You know, that's down to them to because they're going to be looking at us. They are going to be looking at us. Um, you know, thinking, well, you know, he's, he's looking fresh in the morning. Well, he's still at the yeah. VRP table at the party. He's not being silly. He's not doing a handstand on the dance floor like I am. Do you yeah. know what I mean? He's, they'll be looking at us and thinking, you know what, although I'm still drinking, they're still holding their own there. And they'll be looking at us with a certain amount of respect. We still got some more dignity. Absolutely. Maybe get it. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I remember the argument I had that time, the, the two arguments we had, and this is, this is how they feel. And we, we, we're in a restaurant. This is around about after eight months of me quitting. And it's me, Natalie, and another couple of our friends. And it's a small restaurant. It's pretty quiet. And we started off the night. And it was like, they were drinking her and her friends. She was drinking wine. And as it went on, she was getting louder. And I was like, babe, just keep your voice down a little bit. You know, just keep your voice down. <laughs> yeah. I see your face. That's like the first little bit, you know. She was being loud. So like, yeah, okay, that's fine. The first one was fine. Then sort of half an hour later, as you know, the evening's going on. They're drinking my wine. She's getting louder again. It's a little for me. I thought it was a little bit embarrassing because it was a quiet restaurant. You know? If I was drinking, I wouldn't notice. Um, but I was like, "Hey, put your voice down." You know, so I've, I've told, I think I told her three times. Like, hey, put your voice down. She didn't say anything. She might give me a little bit of a look. Um, but like I say, if I was drinking, I would have noticed that. But then it wasn't until we got home after the meal, mm-hmm. and then that's it. She was sort of like, you know, silent treatment, stomping around. Oh, what's the matter with you? You know, what's the matter with me? Yeah, how dare you? And that was it, you know. So Absolutely. Alarm, and it goes on to then, it leads on to like, this, this I remember saying, so, that's it. This is my life now. This is shit. My life's shit now because you're going to be judging me. Every time I drink, you're going to be judging me on this. You're going to be... So that's it. I learned that was the second time I, I judged, I, I commented on her drinking. And that was, I learned my lesson from that. From then on, was, and you told me, you said, what gave you the right to tell her to keep her voice down in the restaurant? You haven't got the right to say, so you're right. Mm-hmm. Don't criticize at all. It leads to an argument. And she can go and do a handstand on the dance floor. You know, she can go yeah. and be stupid. Because here's the thing she's a grown ass adult tax paying woman. <laughs> yeah. She's responsible for her own bag of skin. And whenever, if she's being loud, they go, someone in the other restaurant goes, oh, that woman's being loud. They don't go, I hear loud noises. Who's that guy sitting next to that woman? That's, I'm like, they're not, the embarrassment doesn't fall on you. Like for you to own it is like, that's like where codependency starts to, you know, like you don't have to own that. You know, it's like, let them own they own selves. Cause that's one thing my husband, he has let me own some (laughs) crazy shit. That's it. I mean, you just, that is, that is rule number one, really. Cause yeah. It's gonna, it's gonna drive. Uh, it's, it's going to lead to an argument. I mean, there'll be times, even if like you, you're indoors and you're drinking, they're, they're drinking, partners drinking, and they start to slur or they're repeating themselves or they're getting loud. Don't come out of a, a quip. Don't come out and say like, "So what do you say?" So I can't hear you say it again. For God's sake, you're so drunk. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. 
as soon as you say anything like that, yeah, um, you said that twice already. Like, that's it. As soon as you start sort of making these kind of remarks, you're, you know, they're going to put a barrier up straight away. They yeah. put that barrier up, and they're going to like look at you and they're going to go, oh, "Fuck you!" You know what I mean? You're boring. You know, this is it goes in the wrong direction. So yeah. it just creates arguments. You just got to let them be their self. Because what I figure is. If they are getting on your, on your nerves a bit, when they do, if they get on your nerves a little bit, uh, I just think to myself, if I was drinking now with them, then she wouldn't be getting on my nerves, okay? Because I'd be on the same level. Now, when we was both drinking together, she didn't get on my nerves. So I've got to think to myself, and I, and I still loved her. When we were both drinking, I still loved her. So now I'm not drinking. Why should I not love her any less? I should, I've still got to love her. I've still got to... Because she still makes me laugh. It's just because I'm sober... Uh, and I'm not drunk. When, when when I was drunk, she made me laugh. But now I'm sober. I think it's still the same person. I'm still going to laugh. She's still make me laugh at the same thing. So you can't not stop. You can't stop loving them. You can't stop thinking, right, that's it. She's drunk. I'm going. You yeah. think, hang on. I liked it when you was drunk before. I was like you when you was drunk. So you got to still like them when they're still drunk and not sort of get on the defense. For fuck's sake, she's drunk again. Oh my god. Yeah. You just got to let them get on with it. Let yeah. them go on. I, I, I now go with the flow. Like if she has had a few to drink and she's talking shit, I just sort of like go with the conversation. I just talk with her. I go, I yeah. go with it. I go with the shit. You're right, babe. Yeah, you're right. Like, it's humour now. It's like it's like talking to a child sometimes. Yeah. But yeah. she thinks it's funny, and I sometimes I think it's funny too. But even though it might not, but I just go with the conversation. Yeah. I go with it. I say, yeah, you're right, babe. Yeah, you're right. Don't question her. And even if you don't think it's that funny, just like, just go with it. Just don't yep. make them feel alone. You know, if, if it's just you two together, don't make them feel alone and sort of go, yeah, whatever, babe. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I'm, I'm going, I'm, I'm going. You know, you don't, you know, you sort of keep that conversation, keep that bond. That's the most important, keep that bond. You've got yep. to keep the bond together. Um, yeah, so you know what? There's a saying that says, uh, that says you can make yourself miserable or you can make yourself happy. The amount of work is the same. I love and your I quips. Think, I love them. I love quips. And I think. love that one because it's like, you can take a little bit of effort to try to just jump in with them and just kind of warm up and be funny and That's fun. Exactly right. Exactly right. Or you can take the amount of work to go, Ugh, this is so annoying. Like, why are you, uh, you, you already said, that, you know, like you don't need to be so fucking <laughs> negative when you talk about that. And it's like, yeah. to me, it's the same amount of work. And for you to be the bigger person, you're sober. You've got your wits about you. It's like, be the bigger person and, and try to sprinkle some fun on it. And your job is to maintain that connection. And 100%. 100%. You have the ability to do it. You have a toolbox to do it because you're sober. So you're, you're present, you're available. You've got your wits about you. You have the ability to do it. So get out your tools, go the extra mile and, and do it because it can be fun and your relationship will get better. 100% keeping the connection. That is another key. Just keep that connection. Yeah. Um, it's, although it's, it's us as we feel like we're the ones that made the sacrifice. Um, and it's us, it's like we're sort of depriving ourselves in the early days. We, it's down to us really to still keep that connection with them. Um, there'd be times at parties, I mean, in the early days, like the first party I went to with, I was, I was dreading it. I was like, fuck's sake, I was, you know, you, you don't know what to do, you know. That's the yeah. worst thing, you don't know what to do with yourself. But then I think Natalie as well, on the other hand, she, she might not really know what to do, to do with herself. She might be a bit paranoid. Oh, right. Drunk. You know, she might be still getting paranoid, sort of getting drunk. Uh, in front of the you know the party and me being on my own, she might even be thinking like sort of Steve's on his own. I'm in a different world. So it's probably down to the sober person to go and sort of maybe keep just hold their hand, you know, sort of know. maybe sort of 
saying there, I love you, babe. Or it's just like keep that connection to make them feel comfortable. Once you've got that, once you, once you've done that and held a hand and made her feel comfortable, then they'll respond back to you. And they say, like, yeah. I love you too, maybe. Mm-hmm. Or you know, you're not expecting mm-hmm. to hugging and kissing, but just that little sort of little look at each other, like babe, little mm-hmm. wink. You know what I mean? Like, like, mm-hmm. Just keep a little connection. Once you've got that little connection there, that will last throughout the night. Because like one that's relaxed her straight away, and she feels comfortable. And that's made me feel better. It's relaxed me as well. If you get a response from each other, like, yeah, I love you too, um, or you both have a quick hug, or like, sort of whatever, um, it keeps that connection, you know, and that is so key. It's so key. If you want to have a relationship going forward with your partner drinking, you have to keep that connection. Yep. As soon as you lose that, you, you drive a bond between yourself. You're, you, you're, you're on a fighting battle. So, yeah, it is a key. Keep a connection. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that... Um... When you were saying that it, when you act like that and do those things, it only reflects well on sobriety. It only mm. makes them go, "Oh, I love the sober you." Mm. You know, it makes them go, "Oh, sobriety's cool. It looks good on you. It looks good on us." Instead of you being that like stuffy uh, marm in the corner that's like, "This is boring. This is stupid. You, you, you're so loud. You're so this." It's like it may it makes a better connection with you and it to me it kind of sells sobriety you know it I mean, just kind still, of sparkles it you still might have done that maybe when we was both drinking you still had that that connection but because we because you was both drinking you had the connection but when one of you is drinking and the other one isn't that's when you've got to make the effort to make sure it's still there yeah you know, you've got to make that make and it let still me there. i just have to jump in is like yeah when you were both drinking you did both have the connection but you really only had it like when the drinks were being served in the aftermath of that, like your connection yep. was at risk. Yep. Your connection was deteriorating yep. for sure. Yep, 100%. And so 100%. now that you're always sober, you're the one that's like keeping huh? and maintaining and polishing that connection. And yep. so it's not yep. as if you're here to repair a connection that was so much better back when you were both drinking. Yep. Yep. You have to keep it to, to stop, especially in the area. I mean, now we go out, we both know exactly where we are. We know, we know where we stand. We know what's going on. She can drink. I don't drink. That's it. That's the new us. That is the new mm-hmm. Stephen Natalie. That is our relation. Now, that is what we are. And it um, took a just, while to settle into that. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying in the in the early days when we both have to learn to live with this new lifestyle change, that's when you've got to make I mean, I don't go up to the now and say, oh, I love you. I'll hold a hand because we, we, we're now natural. We're now natural. Me and Natalie, the new us. But in the early days, you have still got to go out of your ways because to keep it there. And that's how you grow it. You know, that's how you become after month, after month, after month. That's how you grow. In the early days, you both feel lost. It's not just for the non-drinker, the, the drinker as well. They're going to feel lost. So you've yeah. got to make sure you're there for them, which is strange to say, really, because we're the ones sacrificing. Because we're, sure we're the we're ones there. feeling lost, for sure, especially when you're early and you go to a party. You're just like, ah, what do I do? But oh, God, what do you do? Yeah. 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 That's a whole nother episode. And that's, a, that's the VIP table episode. That's the VIP yeah, table. Not. That's the VIP table. <laughs> um, really quick, when we were talking about like kind of avoiding arguments with them, mm. I have a little. I have a little story. I have a little family anecdote. The other night, we met out at a restaurant, and um, he was at work, and I picked up the kids, and he's like, "I I was planning on going to a meeting. I have this this person I just met. Uh, he's another parent at my daughter's school, and he's." sober he's just now quit and he said mm. i go to these yep. meetings on tuesday nights you should come with me and i said babe i think i'm gonna go to the meeting with this guy because you know why the hell not he goes yeah 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 go and so he goes babe 
don't cook if you're just gonna scurry off if you have to like don't scramble together dinner just for you to have to leave he's like let's just go out let's all meet up and let's go out well we show up and he he just he was just drinking and he was a little bit buzzed and I was like kind of annoyed I was just like how much are you gonna drink how much have you how much did you have to drink before you left work today and uh I was kind of annoyed and I was like but the restaurant's super fun and I was so happy that he was gonna he was gonna take the kids and put them to bed so I could go to this meeting and I just thought stop like stop the negativity and the anxiety and just like sprinkle some gratitude and so I just like took a deep breath and I was like hey babe thanks again so much for like agreeing to take the kids tonight so I could go do and immediately my whole body just like changed and it was like he was a little buzzed but he was being fun and he was being really funny with the kids you know doing stuff at the rest and and I was just like thanks for taking us out to dinner so I didn't have to cook if you if you look around like there's things to be grateful for and it'll change your whole perspective you know and it just made it it made the drama just dissipate that's because we now have the power to do that we have that you know that is a thing we are in that driving seat because if you've been drinking as well at the restaurant maybe when you come back you it's speak to me in a different tone mm-hmm. and maybe the conversation mm-hmm. will go in a different way. As soon as you have that misunderstanding uh, between each other, because you've said something and he's taken it the wrong way, yeah, then you're going in a different direction. The argument is going to start. You're off to the race. Now we, yeah, we, we now, and, it'll go, and then you start arguing and then you forget what you're arguing about mm-hmm. sometimes. You say, oh, you've done that last week as well. What about, you always do, you always do that. What about last week? It goes off onto, into different different ways, and you, you forget about what you're arguing about. But we now have the power to stop that right in the bud. Mm-hmm. You know, don't even get to that stage. You just said, like, rather than sort of be a bit off with him for drinking, if you said, "Oh, babe, thank you very much. You know, thanks, thanks for that," and you, you've made him feel better, mm-hmm. yeah, because he's like, you're going out into your meeting, and he's at home mm-hmm. thinking, oh, that's, that's, he feels good. He's had his drink. He feels mm-hmm. good. He's with the kids. His wife's happy. He's happy. Mm-hmm. You're going. You, you go off to your meeting, come back, and everyone's happy because we totally. because you've because you've spoken to him in a in a tone which makes everyone feel good and happy you know there's no yeah. argument now and that's because in sobriety we have the ability to kind of experience our emotions in a to me this is how i see it kind of in a slower motion where you go god this is so annoying and you go hmm. you observe you go i'm feeling annoyed right that's not gonna play out very well how can yeah. i recalibrate recalibrate sprinkle gratitude and then you get you have control of the whole situation and it's happy the whole thing i mean in the early days and i said to you before like, i was thinking like you know we used to bond and go out and do so many things together and you know we have so much fun drinking and the conversation the funny things to do yeah that's in my memory that before i was thinking about when i was trying to quit my memory was full of these fun things we've done all the time when we were drinking we were so much fun we've done this we've done that but then what my memory is not thinking about is forgetting is also at the end of the night when the th- it was not the fun times, when the arguments might start because it, it starts off good. Mate, you never go out arguing. You always go out having fun. You always, you know, you go to the restaurant apart. You, you never argue at the start. You're having fun together. You're drinking. It's brilliant. Yep. But your memory forgets all the arguments you had ever throughout your relationship. Yeah, so by not drinking, you've stopped all those little things as between the arguments, you know, which leads to other things, which leads to the next day, which yeah. leads to you waking up both together with a hangover. Oh, you said that last night. And it starts again sometimes. It's being off the next day. 
And so although you think to yourself, oh, I'm not ever going to enjoy myself with my partner again whilst he's drinking, yeah, you might but just think of the things that you didn't enjoy. You know, totally. so many things, so many things. Let's um, talk that, about you know, that. You know, let's talk about the arguments. Let's let's just arguments. dive into the worst of it. Uh, what ones? What? Um, I know. Well, we we I think we all know that like when both people are drinking, emotions run at a fast speed. Things get taken out of context. Things escalate quickly. 100%. No one really has any yeah. accountability for what they've said or done. No one really gets like yep. apologized to, you know, nothing really gets like validated and like cleaned up. It's, it's messy and it's angry and there's, there's nothing good about it. However, there are times when you are sober that you may or may not find yourself in an argument with your inebriated partner. Do you oh, mate, if, if, if that happens now, yeah, mate, um, there's only one winner. There's only one winner. <laughs> I mean, I'm in charge of the arguments now. And I, I never, I never won an argument in the past. Even in the past, if we had an argument, we were both drinking, even if I was right, by the end of the argument, I'd be wrong because I wouldn't argue in the correct manner. I yeah. would like, fly, eventually, eventually, I'd fly off the handle and I'd argue aggressively. Um, so, even if I was right in the argument, because of the, the manner in which I've argued in an yeah. aggressive way, yep. by the end of the argument, I'd be wrong. Yep. I'd be apologising. I'm, I'm really sorry for talking about that. I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry I've done that. The next day, I'll be like, oh, what have I said? Because I've said things I shouldn't have said. Yeah. Rather than argue in a correct manner and argue about what, you know, what was actually arguing about, yeah. I'd fly in a different direction. I'd fly off the hand. I couldn't, I couldn't really handle, pro- I couldn't argue properly. So I'd wake up the next day with guilt. I'm sorry, babe. Even though I was the right, even though I was in the right, yep. I'd be apologising because of the argument. But now, now, mate, if she's drinking and I'm not, if we do have an argument, we, we, we don't, to be fair. It's very rare. But there has been occasions where we make, it's got a disagreement. Yeah, mate, there's only one winner. There's only one mm-hmm. winner because 100, I know exactly what's happened and I know where I'm, if we do go to a start to argue, I know where the argument is going, I can direct the conversation the way I want it to go. You know, I know yeah. I can sort of lead it and, and nip perfect and not be this her. One, I'm not going to be aggressive. Or you can, or you have the wherewithal to nip it. And in a super <laughs> calm, intimidating yes. as fuck, be like, yep. you know what? Yep. It seems like maybe we're, um, why don't we put a pin in this? If there is that one, yeah. I mean, a lot of the times you nip, before you even get that stage, you can nip them in the bud before they even start. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to stop them. That's the thing of it. You nip it in the bud yeah. before it even starts. You can stop it in their tracks, stop it straight away, and just yeah, okay, whatever. But then, if you have got to the stage where you are arguing, um, which isn't often, because why would a sober person argue? There, there isn't really, and why would a sober person argue with a drunk person? There isn't really much point to it, really. Mm-mm. I mean, if there was a time I think I told you it was. So uh, three weeks ago, it was, it was a show in London, uh, and when we came out, uh, it was my daughter's show. When we came out, she'd had quite a few, and there was something we had to do. And I, and I was right; I was hundred percent right. I was like, "Babe, we've got to go because we've got to get the train, but it's late. We're going to miss the train." Except we better start. No, no, I'm staying. So I won't say exactly what the argument was about, but in the end, I just said, "You know what? Okay, that's fine." Uh, and I didn't. I just nipped the argument, but rather than carry on the argument, even though I knew I was right, and I proved to be right later when we missed that fucking train. Yeah. Now, if I carry on pursuing the argument because she'd already got her back, I was like, you stop being so grumpy like that. But I knew we had to go because we were going to miss our train. And then about an hour later, when we missed our train and I was right, I was right. So I didn't have to push the argument. You see what I'm saying? If I had pushed the argument, we would have had an argument in the street. If I was drinking, we would have had an argument in the street. And that, 
but because I think you know what, there's no point in even trying to sort of pursue this because she's got her back up. Once a drunk person, if they once they've got their back up, back down. I'd say just back down. There's no, there's no point. So as you said, put a pin in it. Speak to them tomorrow. I said, yep, yeah, okay, whatever. We stay, we we'll wait. That's fine. I've proven right later because I've got a halo on. And I know what and I'm doing. And that's the thing. <laughs> Is, you know, is in sobriety, you go, it's fine. We'll just let the chips fall as they may. And the chips fall. And you know that person goes, oh, I should have done this differently. <laughs> and, exactly, and, and you're just like quietly going, you're, you're, not, you're not even gloating and you're not being smug. You're, you're compassionate and you're kind. Yeah. But they know <laughs> you're compassionate exactly. and kind at all times. Exactly right. I said, okay, right, have it your way. Because if you start, if you then do go into an argument when they're drunk and they've got their back on, they've got their blinkers on, you ain't changed their mind. No. Once they blinkers on, it goes back against what you said earlier, Sarah, about put yourself into their shoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to think what they're thinking. Because once they're arguing, then blinkers are on, you ain't changed that mind. You know, mm-hmm. you got to be, you got to treat, you got to treat them like a child, having mm-hmm. attention. You know, you really have just sort of and put yourself into their shoes and think, yeah, you know what, I'd hate like that too. So yeah, okay. put the kick gloves on, um, defuse it, and then just tomorrow's another day. We don't really care, do we? We don't really care. Tomorrow's another day. Let's move on. Yeah. There'll be another train. Argument, yeah, if you pursue the argument, then they'll wake up the next day, huh, 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 arguing, you're still with the arm. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll wake up the next day, have a 10K run and cook breakfast before we're out of bed. The argument's finished. Yeah, done, I might done, not done. have a 10K. I might have like a point, <laughs> point one K. <laughs> but wait, let's talk about that. About how um, earlier uh, one time you said stay day. out of their way. Mm-hmm. What the argument's the next day? Yeah. yeah well, just stay. Is- if when when they've been drinking, you kind of just stay out yeah. of their way. Yeah, and I've already started to learn this. I mean, it's been I mean fourteen months into this journey. I've only really started to learn this now from New Year's Day when we got in at half past two in the morning. She was, she, she drunk loads, yeah. And um, next day, I still got up at like half past seven, eight o'clock because I've done things. I've got the house clean. I sort of put all the Christmas decorations away. Just got things done, just being productive, just being doing sober shit, just doing yeah. Sunday mornings I've never done before. Just, you know, just being productive. Mm-hmm. And when she got out of bed at like half past 11, 11, half past 11, oh man, she was just cranky. You know, she was just sort of like, Oh, you know, he's done this. If he's, what makes you just moan about everything, you know? Um, and I thought, you know what? I, I was actually going football, but I thought, you know what? I'm glad. I'm, I said to her, you know what? I'm glad I'm going football now just to get out of your way. And it was just, if they're cranky, just get out of their way. Just give them some space. Because if we was both drinking the next morning, we was both hung over the next morning, we'd be cranky with each other. We'd be snapping with each other. Snap, 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 snap. So if you're the, the sober one, let them snap all they want, but just take yourself away so they can snap at themselves. Because yeah. if you've got a hangover, you can have an argument in a phone box sometimes, can't you? If you're cranky, Absolutely. you can just you can pick a fight about anything. So, you know, I'll just, you know, just, just I'll learn that. I'm just thinking like, okay, on a Sunday morning, if she's cracked, just leave her alone. And that will just then make the day be better for the later on. You know, just keep the day going better for the afternoon. Um, you know what I was going to say? She said, what? that's one thing I miss. Right? There's one thing I thought about. There's one thing I miss about drinking. Yeah, if you are having any kind of disagreement or an argument, I can no longer say, right, that's it. I'm going down the pub. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I, can't, I can't just walk off. Right, that's it. I'm going down the pub. I mean, now. But, that, going, but I, that is one of those things that's eroding away at your connection. Yeah, yeah, ex- exactly right. Exactly. I mean, now I'm more inclined to say now, if she's got on my nerves, I'm more inclined to say now, right, that's it. I'm, I'm, 
I'm going down the garden centre. <laughs> See how you like that? You know, so I'll come back with like six bedded plants and a rose bush. Right, that's it. That's how angry I'm. I'm going to pop. I'm going to plant these in the garden. You know I mean? Yeah. You know, and and, and you're that. like building. You're doing healthy things. That's healthy. Yeah, rock and roll. Rock and roll. I'm going down the garden centre. <laughs> See you like that. See you like that. Yeah. 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 Just stay it their way. You know. Okay. So I think we've done. We've uh, done some tips and tricks. We've talked about kind of how how to navigate this. If there's someone out there who's listening, who's like thinking about becoming sober, who clicked on this episode because they're like, I'm worried about my connection with my partner if I become sober. What is there for them to look forward to? What what could we say that's like, uh, where where's the where's the goal? Like what what's in it? What's in it? Well, you just got to look and think of like, if your relationship was ever, you know, the, the think of the best your relationship's ever been and just double it for me, you know. Totally. Uh, for me, I think, I think even going back to the first days when you first met, when you actually, you know, when you had that love in them, you know, sort of, they gave you butterflies, you used to think about them and things like that. In those early courting days when you first met and, you know, he or she was the best thing in your life and you couldn't wait to see them again, you phone them all the time, you text, et cetera, et cetera. It goes back to sort of those kind of feelings. It goes back to that, you know. And I, 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 I love her more now than really than ever. But not just her too. I love everyone. I love everyone now. You know, I mean, you've got so yeah. much more love now for everyone. That, but we're talking about partners. So if you're worried about, you know, what, what you thinking about where, where's your relationship going to go, just think it's probably going to go back to the beginning. I think that's what it does. It goes back to the beginning. It goes back to those early days when you had that genuine bond and love and excitement with each other, uh, when you thought about it, and, you know, just genuine love. And um, that's where it goes. hundred percent. It goes down. Um, it, it, it took me nine months to really get into it. I'm 14 months, but I'm not 14 months exactly sober because I slept five months ago, as you really know, but you took a dad the journey, yeah. is, well, I visited the dark side for a couple of days, but I mean, the journey is 14 months down the line. Hell yeah, uh, it is. But yeah, that's what I, that is what you've got to look forward to, but it, it takes time. That is the thing that we all say. We haven't got patience. Being sort of ex-drinkers, it's hard to have that patience and to visualise the future because it seems so fucking far away. Even like just two weeks or a week seems like the end of the world. Yep. You know, it seems miles away in those early days, but you just got to stick with it and you will come out the other side and your relationship will get better 100% and you will get, you'll have a stronger bond. If you get if there's times when, when they're drinking, like New Year's Eve when she was drinking, now I'm more obviously experienced at dealing with drunk people. When I was sort of like, I wanted to go, it's sort of like coming half past 12. I was like, you know what, I could do a go now. But they, there's all still partying. She was partying. You just think to yourself, you know what, okay, it's going to be over in a couple of hours. Okay, it'll be over in two hours' time. Tomorrow's another day and it's, it starts again. And that's it. Just see those last two hours out. Don't think you're missing out on anything. And just keep that bond and keep that love. And you just have such a better relationship. So, you know, just all I say is to anyone out there who can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, it will come. It takes time. Your relationship will be better. Yeah, absolutely. So just to recap what you said, um, you said think of the of your relationship at its best ever and double it. And I just absolutely love that. You said, think about the way it was in the early courting days when you're excited about that person and you look forward to seeing them and you get butterflies from them. And you you really do get back to that place because you have your feelings mm -hmm. back and your connection is better. And I'm you're just... like, there's more love now than ever. I, 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 I love it. It's, it's, 
it sounds hyperbolic, but it's not. It's like, this really is how it is because what you're doing in your sobriety is you're strengthening the foundation of your marriage. Mm-hmm. You're strengthening the foundation of yourself. You're starting with a healthy person, first of all, first and foremost. And then you're bringing that into your connection of your marriage. And that it only builds your connection, your you know, foundation it's, of your marriage. Everything, we, everything. We've spent about two years in marriage counseling because when the baby was born, everything that we thought we knew kind of came crumbling down. We, it was just such a new strain on a life that we sort of had figured out. We had a six-year-old and she could put on her own shoes. She could make her own breakfast. And, and we thought, Oh, we're going to have a baby. How hard can it be? Well, guess what? It takes everything you've got. And it, it took us down. It took me down in particular, and Mm -hmm. it took down our marriage. And so Mm -hmm. in my sobriety, I've been going to marriage therapy for two fucking years. Mm -hmm. And we learn something new every time and he gives us this homework. But in my sobriety was really when I was able to, we were able to like put that stuff into motion and like make it work. And my marriage is absolutely the best it's ever been. You know, sometimes in the middle of the day, I get a text from him and he's like, babe, how's your day going? How'd that meeting go that you had? Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to see you guys. Let's watch this movie tonight together. And it's like, it's so awesome because you have, you have your feelings back. You have that gratitude 100%. and you have yep. the ability to control your emotions to where you can yep. Yep. make the right play where you're actually taking care of people emotionally. You're not just being a selfish fucking addict. Hold on. 100%. I have a guest speaker. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll... Hi. <laughs> I think we'll just have him cut this out. Um, what's going on? This is my friend. His name is Shiki. Can you say hi, Shiki? Hi, Shiki. Hello, Margo. How are you? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Um, so he's in the ears. You can't hear him. Let's, I don't know if this Okay. Can you talk? Can you hear us? I, I... I can hear you. Okay. See, it's real quiet when it's on the computer when I don't. Um, how's your movie? Yeah. It's, so that means it's still on. Wait, what is... That's a, um, it's a fancy dancy microphone. Hi. <laughs> it's a very fancy microphone and i use it when i'm talking to my friends and we're recording we're telling a story and we're going to record it so we can listen to it later on our phones <laughs> <laughs> okay so you are invited to go back down and finish your movie um there's some apple slice on the counter grab that apple get yourself maybe no, an- i did get the apple okay you already got it Okay, maybe get yourself an applesauce, and then I'll be down in just a minute, and um, we're going to go to the grocery store, okay? okay. I have to finish my story, so though. Can I talk? Yeah, you're going to have to discuss <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, what I've do you heard all say? about you, Marco. I've seen you loads of times. I've, I've heard your voice loads of times. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's see if this turns up the volume a little bit. My computer speakers are so bad. We were watching that Walmart game about Camilla's speaker. <laughs> yes. And that was the alley one. It was. Yeah. Yep. 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 You've okay. got a funny voice. You sound different to me. <laughs> Why have you got a different voice? That sounds funny. It's because you're so normal? big now. Is that your normal voice? No, I'm, I'm stage. <laughs> <laughs> I pulled in the party. She's what? Say it again. Tell him. No, tell him right here into the microphone. You never. Well done. Oh, you heard I'm it right so... here, folks. 
She's pooping <laughs> on the potty now. She's pooping on the potty. It's a big deal. All right, why don't you go pee on the potty and go get yourself an applesauce and I'll be right down. I have to finish my, my story. Okay? Yeah. All right, you're invited. You are invited. <laughs> you can't be here. Because I'm going to plug these in and you won't be able to hear. So you're invited. Okay? I got an idea. Why don't you go get yourself a piece of chocolate for that poop you did? Wow. You haven't gotten rewarded yet. I, they get paid in chocolate when they poop. Well, she does. Good idea. Okay, bye. Don't come back. <laughs> All right. Right. Okay, I don't so what, what have, you... I don't have a timer of like where we I are don't... in the hour, Ooh, you know, so I can say, hey, Drifter, when it's at, you know, 59.30, jump in and but cut think, all that out. Well, I think you'll suss that out when, uh, when it comes to that point. Yeah, but yeah. What, what I was, what I was going to say there, um, okay, what, what I was going to say there, when you're saying about your marriage is better and you're seeing a marriage counsellor, and my marriage for sure is 100% better than, what it's been, than it's ever been. If I didn't quit drinking, trust me now, I wouldn't be married. Yeah, Fucking seriously, that, that is the way it was going. Not, no, no fault of messages, because of my own fault. And the way I was behaving, the drink was getting such control of me. As you said, I was losing control of my emotions. I couldn't no longer hold a, a, an argument as such. I couldn't get my feelings across without being aggressive. I don't mean aggressive as in physically. I just mean aggressive as in like, for fuck's sake. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Just yeah. jumping off the hand, snapping off the hand. Losing your friendship voice, we call that in our house. Yeah, yeah, good shout. Just, just losing your temper over nothing. And that wasn't yep. when I was drunk. That wasn't when I had a drink in my hand. That could be like sort of the following evening I've just got in from work. I might be in a happy place in my head, but then something would change the tone of the conversation and I'd snap over something. I don't even think that was anything to do with drink. I just thought that was my personality. Um, but <laughs> I never used to be like that. As uh, slowly as time went on, I gradually sort of morphed into this person that was snappy and grumpy yeah. and I couldn't argue correctly. And it was me just being the way I was, was ruining our marriage. Our marriage was going, I don't know how, I, I reckon I probably had about three or four more good blast arguments in me before she went, fuck it, I've had enough of you. And, yeah. and that was after 27 years of being together, yeah? It's yeah. getting to that stage where yeah, I think I had three or four other arguments in me and she'd gone, fuck you, leave. You know, it, it's getting to that stage. Totally. Um, so just to take out, what's more important? You know, your relationship, your marriage, what's more important, a 27-year relationship or a fucking drink? A thousand. You know That's I mean? what I was just going to say is because you were at a point where you, the alcohol was the most important thing in your life. It was more yep. important than your marriage because you walk in the door and, you know, you're, you're ready to go pour that glass and somebody wants to tell you about their fucking day and you're like, uh, you're in the way of me yeah, yeah. getting my fix. When now you're the one putting the marriage first. And so mm. someone in the marriage is putting the marriage first and the marriage is thriving. The, the marriage is thriving because someone said, this is the way. hundred percent. And like I say, I mean, if it wasn't, uh, if it wasn't for, for quitting, if you, if you want to visualize what your future is going to you know, be in a year's time without drink, we've said that it's going to be better than what it's ever been. Mm -hmm. But visualize visualize what your relationship is going to be like in a year's time if you carry on drinking yeah. for me it'll be 
for me, my relationship would be over 100%. It was going that way. So, yeah, think of that. Well, and if you think so that your relationship is on the rocks and it's, and you know, you're in a bad place and maybe you guys have grown apart or whatever, and you're thinking about quitting drinking, try it out, see what happens. Call us back, let us know how it goes because I have a feeling it's going to go much better. It's like, I yeah. think someone has said, maybe it was Chef, that like, when I was an alcoholic, there was three of us in the marriage or something like that. And it's like, you kind of remove that demon and you can actually focus on like your actual marriage. Take back the power. You're taking back the power of everything. Yeah. You're, um, what is it? You're um, recovering your authentic self. You're getting yourself back. You're getting your emotions back. You control your feelings, mm -hmm. everything. And it's natural feelings as well, you know? You say about, you, you know, we have butterflies and we love her more um, than I ever, ever have. It's just everyone. Do you know what I mean? It's, that's just maybe going on, onto different subjects here now, but so much love for everyone in, in yeah. the world, you know? It, family, so let's friends, jump to that. Let's talk about yeah. how you're, when you strengthen your, you quit drinking. Okay, folks, here's, here's the spoiler alert. When you quit drinking, your marriage gets better. Oftentimes yeah. in marriage, there's kids involved. So let's talk about how your sobriety just really quickly, like affects like your relationship with your kids. Well, I'm different to yourself because my kids are not older. They are sort of an age where they are 12, 15 and 17. Um, so they've seen me when I was drinking. Uh, they've seen me have fights, arguments, you know, with my wife um, over the years. They've seen me be grumpy in the morning. They've seen me being hungover. They've seen me be happy, funny and stupid when I've been drunk. Um, they've probably smelt my breath every night when I kissed them goodnight from the age, well, from birth to, to you know, sort of to now. They, they can smell their dad's breath when, they, when I kissed them. So they've seen that side of me. I've never been a bad dad. I've always done things with them, 100%. Um, because they're at that age, they've now seen uh, the best of both worlds. So they're not, they're not that's the what they're I was going to say. Yeah, they've seen the other side of the coin. So I've, they, they've got that sort of, they're lucky to have seen the old me. I wasn't a bad person, not so I was a good dad, I know I was, but they've now seen the new me. Okay. Mm -hmm. Someone like yourself, for example, your kids are also lucky because they're going to see, they are only going to remember the new you, the sunshine, warm you. Yeah, they're going to remember you, how you are now, this sunshine, loving mum who's got control of everything. Yep. Uh, and they're not seeing, they, they didn't see, they didn't see the, the stone cold drunk mum. You know, they I saw think, the I don't mom. think there's any wrong way to do it either because my dad, um, his death certificate says complications due to alcoholic fact. Okay. Yeah. When I was like 36 or 34 years old, my daughter was. Let's see. Carry the two divide by pie. She was like three. I was like 35 or whatever. My dad quit drinking. He's like, I'm going to quit drinking. And it was beautiful. It was profound. Yeah. Your, kids was are, you? your kids are never. I was 35. I had my own kid. Your kids are never too old for you to quit no. drinking. Okay. Cause no. I was a full grown adult tax paying woman. <laughs> I had children of my, I had a daughter of my own and it still had a positive impact on my life when my dad came. Yeah. It didn't last, but for the however long it did, it was a, a great time. I have pictures of us in the backyard and all that stuff. He was a great dad, don't get me wrong. I have pictures of us in the backyard from when he was drinking too. But I remember him going through that and I remember him talking about getting his feelings back and that was profound. My kids probably won't ever remember me drunk. Your kids get to see what it was drunk dad, sober dad. And I think that will inform their decisions as they go forth 
into, you know, the world of parties, you know, sex, drugs and rock 100%, and roll. 100%, 100%. It will, it, will, it will rub off on them. They can see the change in me. Uh, although I was sort of like, you know, I was fun before, but now I'm just sort of, when I work with my kids, the two of them work with me in my shop and the 17-year-old works here and the 15-year-old works in my shop after school. Beforehand, I used to be sort of like more of a strict boss, or like do this, come do that, come here, like hurry up, do it, you know, sort of. But now we sort of like we they, we work together, and we have a laugh, you know. We just mm-hmm. sort of not all the time, but we generally sort of have a bit of banter, and like we take the Mickey out of customers, and just have a you know like work banter. Whereas before, I wouldn't really have the headspace for for doing that because I'd be a bit more sort of come on, hurry up, do that, hurry, you know, we need to rush and get things done. Yeah. But now I'm just more more relaxed, more chilled, more fun. And holidays, you know, going on holiday, like it's just um, the memories now. I mean, if I look back at the memories of my past holidays, like you know, sort of the going to warm weather countries like Spain, Portugal, etc., it'd just be a case of like waking up the next day hungover and getting through the morning, doing things with the kids, but doing it, doing it not so much for um, for my sake, but for their sake. I wanted to make memories with them. Yeah. So you still do all the dead things and do the fun things, but inside you're dying sometimes you're not uh-huh. really making memories for yourself you're not making your memories for yourself i regret that i regret that so but you can't change that i regret not making memories for me and doing things for me and whereas now we've been on a holiday sober and i've made the memories and i've made them for me we've, we've shared the memories I've, I've still got those in my head now it was fun for everyone not just yep. for the kids you know? so yeah and just the relationship full stop with the kids is just better you know and they said when, when i was first quit they said oh, you know i like the new dad you know i like, I like the new fun oh, uh, don't get me wrong don't get me wrong. I'm, not going out, I'm not going out my way to be fun i'm not going out my way to be funny no. and whatever you don't you just naturally sort of like more you're just more there you're just present laugh. you've got more yeah you've got more time for a laugh and you know have banter so yeah 100 percent how about awesome. you I mean, yeah i mean but my kids like, are little my kids are age two and eight and so I'm, I'm just there, you know, I have time to be, I, I was asked to volunteer to teach this like money. It's, it's called junior achievement. It's like this, a parent volunteer comes in for five lessons and teaches about uh, work readiness, financial literacy and entrepreneurship so that kids can just have like some business literacy growing up. And I was asked to teach that. And I was like, I'm, a great candidate for this because I'm sober. I prepared the night before. I my eyes aren't bloodshot. Yeah, like I'm yeah, fully well, present. Um, and like I have yeah. a two year old dude. And like sometimes you have to just sit down with them at that tiny little table in that tiny little chair and just roll play doh with them. And that's the that's the moments that like yeah really build their yeah. sense of self. I think yeah. I'm I'm big on it. I'm big on it. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. These little things in life. That you're present, the, that they matter, that they're present. worth listening to. Their stuff is valid. You acknowledge their thoughts and ideas, and uh, it makes them yeah. such better, more well-rounded people. I don't know if it's going to keep them from, like, drinking when they get older, but they're going to have a real good sounding board either way. So, 100%. whatever. 100% being there for them. It's just, yeah, it's, it's just nothing but goodness. It's just nothing but goodness, and it's nothing but goodness, sobriety. It's know. a gift that keeps on giving. Um, yeah, okay. I'm going to that one. Should we button zip and tie this with the bow? Is there any lasting thoughts? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Fine away. Well, how are we going to end this? I mean, uh, I, I was thinking, I mean, yeah, I mean, if anyone's worried about it, how are you going to react? What's for the future? You, you know, it's, it's the future, your marriage, your, your relationship is going to be better. I mean, my wife said to me, we was at a barbecue after like four or five months. Uh, we were talking about it. 
and she said to me, it's the best thing she ever said. She said she feels like she's got back the man that she married. Yeah, she feels like she's got her husband back. And that just made that that made me feel like 10 foot tall. Do you know what I mean? I felt yeah. so I felt, yeah, mate, I, that, that makes me feel good. So that's the way it's going. And uh, I did say, I said, but hang on. I said, but I was drinking when we married when we first got married. And she said, Yeah, but you, you lost your way. You lost your way. So to find to know that you've got your way back and back to you, back to your original self, it's yeah, mate. It's, it's, you've got that to come. You've got that to come in your relationship. Absolutely. All right. So you've been listening to Sobertown. Check us out on Sobertown.com. Um, this is this misses and Shicky signing oh, it's been, off. <laughs> been great talking to you, Sarah. Yeah, you too, man. Okay. Love you loads.